Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and business as well. Do you know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, hello, everybody. We got a treat for you. <laughs> we have a sneak peek and two first looks. Uh-oh. Now, two of them are coming from Netflix, and one of them is coming from HBO. So first, let's talk about a little TV show by this tiny, itty-bitty little creator. He just, he creates some TV shows. <laughs> but apparently... He said, you know what? I will take this big, huge deal and take my little tail over to Netflix. Mm. Yes, we're talking about Ryan Murphy. Yes, we're talking about his new show coming up called Hollywood that you can only see exclusively on Netflix. Mm. Now, he's not the only lone creator. He's created it with Ian Brennan. But Ryan Murphy is back at the helm of writing some things and even dipping into directing. This is uh, a limited series, or meaning it's it's just about seven episodes, and who knows what the future may hold after that. I'm not sure, actually, because he has a very large um, quota to fill for his deal. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, and there are some very familiar faces that we'll see coming through this particular show. Uh, Patty Lapone shows up. <laughs> Patty freaking Lapone. Y'all all know who she is. We've got uh, Darren Creese is there. Uh, Jake Picking, along with, I mean, just some a lot of ton of other people. Rob Reiner is coming up and showing up. Like, what is happening there? Uh, Myra Servino, come on. What's, what's happening with that? And then some other more known folks who are probably more known in the TV world that the critic will talk about. I'm going to be honest, I tried to start it. It wasn't for me. But I'm not sure what the critic is going to say. It may be for him. And therefore, we can help guide and see if it'll be for you. So it's it's just after uh, World War II. So we're in the late 40s in Hollywood. And, you know, troops have come home. People are trying to make it in L.A. And uh, 
what we have is a whole host of characters who are trying to make it in different ways. One person wants to be a writer. One person wants to be a director. Many people want to be actors. Okay. And some other seedier elements as well. Now, at the opening, we have uh, Jack Costello. And uh, Jack is just come back from the war. He wants to be an actor. He has a wife. Um, so the thing is, at the time, can you support a wife and possible family acting when you can't get a job? Now, he looks the part, but can he play the part? He does have a, a little uh, test screening they do for him that doesn't go so well. So in the meantime, he needs some money. Uh, and there's this guy in, in the bars he's going to that's looking at him for some reason and giving him free drinks. What is this about? Now, this guy is played by Dylan McDermott. His name is Ernie. And he actually has a, a little gas station. Now, at this gas station, if you have the right words to say, they give you happy endings. I'm just going to tell you. They give you happy endings. Okay. <laughs> but that's what he wants, he wants Jack to do. And Jack is like, no. what? And who are the clientele is another part of this question. Now, there's something he wants Jack to do that Jack refuses to do. So he says, look, you either go and find somebody to do it in your place or you go. And this leads him to a character played by Jeremy Pope, whose name is Archie Coleman. He is a screenwriter, a very good one. But he's a black guy writing a screenplay about white people. How is that going to work? Okay. And he also meets someone who's a client of his. Okay. Who becomes someone we know. I'll put it that way. Now, they don't tell you his name at the beginning, but he does become, when you get his name, you go, oh. Now, we also have, uh, in episode two, we're introduced to Darren Chris's character, who's Raymond Ainsley. He's an up-and-coming director. He has a job at the studio. He's going to direct the script written by Archie. Now, he has a girlfriend who's black. Now, remember, we're saying this because it's the 40s. That's right. She's white. She's black. And she is in the studio system as an actor. She's being trained, and she's trying to compete for the white roles. Is she going to get uh, that? Yeah, okay. Or does she have to figure out how to do what Hattie McDaniel does? Okay. So, what is that relationship going to be like as their careers progress? That's a question. And then we also have all of the people surrounding this. We have the people involved in the studio and the casting process. Patty Lapone, I won't tell you because you'll find out how she's roped into this. She is a client at the gas station, but she's more than that. I'll put it that way. She does have power. But I won't tell you how. You'll figure that out. So the whole thing is, can all of these people make it? What does it mean to make it? What are the sacrifices they have to, uh, you know, go through in order to make it and so on and so forth? It's a classic kind of Hollywood story with a Ryan Murphy twist. So as the ref was hinting, this whole thing with the gas station and the happy endings and the clients and, you know, going into hotels and motels, is completely unnecessary. It's just not needed. What I was uh, interested in, Ref, from the beginning, 
it's filmed like it's a classic Hollywood movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Let's set that period. What I wish that Ryan and his co-collaborators, collaborators would have done is made it like a 1940s movie in the studio system. You can't say certain things. You can't show certain things. So you have to be creative about giving that that uh, message. That would have made this interesting, would have pulled me in instead of repulsing. I can watch a lot, but when yeah. it's ridiculous and stupid and unnecessary, that's different. Now, what I liked the most was Darren Chris's storyline which comes in episode two. If the show was about that, and that's because it's focused on them trying to make it. That's his storyline. It's all about him and his girlfriend trying to make it. What does that look like? If the show was that, great. We have Jim Parsons playing the Uber agent of Uber agents here. <laughs> Jim Parsons is a great actor. Of if course. you give it to him, he's going to do it. He goes all the way. He's like, let me tell you something. I will make you, I will break you. You know, Lana Turner, I named her. All these other people, you, I will destroy you. <laughs> like, part. let him do that. But right. So three, that's as far as I got. Cool. Even he went somewhere where I started laughing at Jim Parsons. Aww. It was that ridiculous. It was that ridiculous, okay? So that's when I had to stop it. Because I was like, if I'm laughing at you here, we've gone too far also because the show isn't going where I wanted it to go. So what I'll say is if you're a Ryan Murphy fan, if you've seen all of his stuff, yeah, I mean, watch Hollywood. You can take it. And I'm including Nip Tuck. If you've seen Ryan Murphy way back, all the way through all the American horror stories, all of that stuff. Okay. Otherwise, if you just want to see something crazy and kind of campy and explicit, then this is the show for you. If that doesn't sound like your cup of tea, then no, no to Hollywood. No, oh, well, there it is. Now, we also have a first look from Netflix as well called Tiger Tail that's coming to us from Alan Yang. And you may recognize him or not. Um, Zap Ma is had is probably one of them christine uh ko and dama are the two actors that i know specifically i'm sure you know much more deep into that i i'm gonna be honest with you i do not know this uh the premise very well so we are eager to hear your uh review and response to this yeah and this and is this is a movie Yes, exactly. So it's not a it's not a TV show. Yeah. Uh, now, also Joan Chen is in it, whom people probably okay. know. Okay. Um, so what what it is is uh, Zima plays uh, Pinju Jue, um, and we see him as a kid, um, and he's there out in the fields as a kid, and he thinks he sees his parents. Now this is in Taiwan, but are they really there? No, he's living with his grandmother. He comes back and he tells his grandmother, hey, I, I think I saw my parents. She's like, no, you didn't. Hmm. Now it's very important because at the time, dissidents, so people against the reigning government, dealing with China, they weren't treated well. So that's a part of why his parents aren't there and why he's taken care of by his grandmother. And we even see a scene where some soldiers come into his grandmother's place and he has to hide. Hmm. Now, 
that's him as a kid. We start to see that. We also see as he grows up, he finds the love of his life. And he finds this love of his life as kids. They meet as kids. But she is from a rich family. He is not. So will they ever be able to come together? When they grow up, they become teenagers. They do date. And his best friend is looking at him going, you're, such, you're just the luckiest guy on the planet. <laughs> you know? But will this last? No. Because he works at a factory as, as a young adult with his mother. He does re reunite with her. So they're working there as a factory safe. And his dream is to go to the United States. Mm. Now the factory owner has a daughter and money and he thinks it's a good idea for this young man and his daughter to go to the States. But his daughter ain't the love of his life. Oh. So he's looking back over time. He did marry this woman. He did come to the United States. They did have a daughter. His relationship with his daughter is estranged. They barely know what to say to each other. It's very awkward. He and his wife, are they still married? What's that relationship like? And what happens if and when he encounters the love of his life again after all of these years, decades? Is this a missed opportunity? Can they reconnect or not? So that's what's really going on. Can this man find himself, rekindle old flames, and in the process, build a true relationship with his now grown daughter, who might be more like him than he thinks. Now, as an experience, this is just a lovely film to watch. Mm. It's gentle, it's beautiful. I just, at this moment especially, Raph, it was nice to be treated with a nice gentle touch. So you're watching this and you just you just let it play out. It moves at a nice flowing pace. Uh, the only thing I would say is some of the scenes between father and daughter, I felt were overly stilted, overly so. I know what they were trying to do. I just didn't think the connection was quite right. I wanted more under the surface, like a rectify kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of yeah. feel. It didn't quite have it there, but that's my only gripe. The rest of it, I, I mean, even that I didn't mind. Just the whole thing, I think, is a lovely, gentle, moving experience. So if you're interested in this kind of film, then I say certainly check it out. It's, again, like the ref said, on Netflix. So it's easy just to see whether this is your kind of thing or not. I was, I was you know what, I was pretty much enchanted by it. Okay. First look. It's on HBO. Just released. And Ref, you saw it at TIFF, I believe. I did, so you can hear my whole review if you want to. That's right. And this is Bad Education. Now it's starring Hugh Jackman. It's starring Allison Janney. It's starring Bray Romano. My goodness. You have me at hello. Hello. And it is directed by Corey Finley. It's written by Mike Makovsky. So tell us, Ref. Now, it's interesting. You would think this kind of movie would be in theaters if we weren't in this moment, right? But they were planning to put it on HBO anyway. Yeah, so, so I saw it. What's going on with that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I saw it at TIFF, and like I said, you can hear my full off-the-cuff <laughs> <laughs> review on YouTube, um, as well as our website. Um, I, we were, when we saw it, it was originally, I think, shopped 
to be a theatrical release, but HBO quickly snagged it and it quickly became a hot item at TIFF as far as the payment HBO had made. Now, this is inspired by true events that happened in a Long Island school district. Now, Long Island meeting New York. Mm-hmm. I will give the very brief overview because some of you are going to go, wait a minute. As soon as I start talking, you're going to go and you're going to look stuff up. Don't look stuff up before you watch it because wow. I remember when it was happening, but the details that it dives into, especially when you get towards the end, mm-hmm. is going to be a little shocking um, with that. And so if you didn't quite remember those details, I would suggest you just hold off on doing a deep dive into this. But basically, here's what happened. There's a school district in Long Island that is a well-to-do school district. I mean, people are paying top-notch taxes, so therefore those taxes are going to the schools to make them top-notch, and so the cycle continues. Now, you have Frank Tizzoni, who is the superintendent of this school district. Now, This school district is well known for sending its graduates to top Ivy League schools. And in fact, at the very beginning of the movie, we see that he's rallying up the troops because they keep coming in number four, not number one. They want to be number one in the nation, not number four. Okay. So, of course, Hugh Jackman plays this character, and he is charismatic. He's rallying the troops. I mean, it's hard not to love Frank and his black dyed hair and his positive affirmations, and he looks you straight in the eye, and he tells you straight, and he loves on you. He knows the kids' names, so on and so forth. He has a partner in crime. We'll get to that. Um, played by Allison Janney. This is Miss Pan Gluckin. Miss Gluckin is the controller. And if you know what a controller is, that's basically the top-notch accountant. They're the ones moving the funds, understanding all of that. Anything financial that's happening, the controller controls it. Mm-hmm. And so she is your, your typical Long Island girl who tells it straight like it is Frank, either we've got the funds or we don't got the funds. And she's very much a straight shooter, but she is rolling. I mean, she's got her hair did, nails done, latest car, rebuilding her home. Like she is perfection. She doesn't quite like anything else. The school district is planning to make some constructional changes to the high school. That's going to cost millions and millions of dollars. They've got the funding. They can do it. And so when a student, Rachel Kellogg, comes into Frank's office and says, hi, I'm writing for the school paper. I just want to see if you can give any comments about the new construction of the um, overpass, or not the overpass, the, the skywalk, skywalk, that the new construction, um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about that? And he was like, listen, you go to one of the greatest schools in the entire nation. If you want to know about it, dig for it. He tells her that. Go. You're a journalist. Get to the truth. You get to it. Why are you asking me? Do it, kid. And he gives her a pep talk and he sends her out 
that changes things. Because as I fast forward, again, you can listen to the whole review, that sets off a chain of events because that wonderful man, Frank, who everybody knows and loves, it is unearthed by an unsuspecting student mm -hmm. that the funding for the Skywalk isn't quite matching up with the funding that's currently in the bank accounts. Mm. There's a gasp of a difference between those numbers. And is somebody double dipping? Are there kickbacks happening? This stuff starts to unfold. And we find out that not only is Frank and uh, Ms. Glocker shifting things around, it blows up. And the question then becomes, is Frank really guilty? of doing such things. If he is, why did he do it? And this transparent kind of go-getter guy who's a husband, he's got kids. Does he have some secret skeletons going on? Oh, you will find that out. Yes. And Miss Morgan, well, she, she got the car and the this and the that. Where'd mm -hmm. she get that from? Mm. And then even the bigger question of how Ray Romano's character comes into play is if the school district finds out the president of the school district not the superintendent president what do they do about it mm. Ooh, mm. that's gonna shock and surprise you so we mm -hmm. go down this road and you see that the veneer of frank starts to slowly chip away and then we get to the truth of the matter and some people might go to jail who does who doesn't um did did he know anything about it was he a part of it and does he have some other skeletons that are, are revealed because you know nice uh well he, he's not married anymore and you'll find out what happened to that situation is this man really the man we all know and think he is. And the student who decided to dig deeper, how does she respond to this? Now, one of the executive producers of this film was a student at the time when this scandal came out. So we're definitely going to get some very close truths, but we'll also get it from a student's perspective who's now grown up. So. It'll be interesting to see how, when this comes out, how that community responds to this. All in all, here's my review. The way that it's shot, it's gritty. It's not flattering at all. There are cold overtones to it. Uh, Hugh Jackman looks uh, probably 15 years older than what he looks like in person. So they, the, there was harsh lighting on them. Alison Janning with her um, white, or uh, excuse me, blonde wig with a New York long, long, long island accent is um, it's all shot in a very gritty, dirty way. So when you're watching it, you're watching, you, you feel, you're already getting some feelings of that's, this is shady, something's not quite right. Mm. And as each plot point unfolds, it does get interesting, but also it does get lost. And I said that earlier in my review. We start to dive deeper into the world of Frank that takes us all the way to Las Vegas. Why? 
And we get into that world and I'm not quite sure why we're in this world as much as we are back at the school, back with the scandal, back with the other superintendent of the Board of Education members, back with its president. I mean, Ray Romano's doing great work. Why do we, why do we only have so much of him? Allison Jenny, who really is an anchor for this, along with Hugh Jackman, wanted a little bit more of her because she is doing top-notch work. So as we get into this, as you will start to watch it, you'll see that it does veer off more into Frank's life. But if you're really, really interested in finding out more about this man who has many, many layers to him, many, many dark secrets underneath this huge ball of light that he just kind of bounced around in i think it might be an interesting dive for you but for as a storytelling point of view i think that um sharpening up the writing would have been amazing the directing was good um i think the writing fell a little short but all in all i it's a very much appropriate show for hbo i think if it had hit theaters it would have been a tougher more difficult situation if you like to see Hugh Jackman shuck and jive, but with some dark layers underneath, I think this is for you. Also, if you like scandal-based, kind of um, inspired by real life, it, it, you know what it felt like? It felt very much like the best Lifetime movie ever made on the planet. That's what it felt like. It felt like the best, if Lifetime had a budget, we'll just say that. If Lifetime had a budget, this would be appropriate. Now, if that sounds appealing to you, I think you should check out Bad Education on HBO. If it's not so much, I don't know if you need to rush right when it comes out, give it some time, check the reviews, see if it's for you, and see if you'll uh, enjoy that kind of education. Wow. Well, we've been educated in this episode. We have a Netflix TV sneak peek. Yes, Hollywood is coming to all of us sometime soon. And then we have Tiger Tail, which is already available as a movie on Netflix. And of course, on HBO is bad, bad education. So we'll keep coming at you, everybody, with all kinds of things. This was kind of the potpourri episode that you didn't mention there, Ref. So potpourris and things that are not potpourris in the future to come. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.